Welcome to another episode of the Compass Equip podcast. Here at Compass Bible Church, we exist to make disciples of Jesus Christ by reaching people for Christ, teaching people to be like Christ, and training people to serve Christ. And everything we do here at Compass, including this podcast and our Christmas celebration, is to fulfill the mission of reaching, teaching, and training. This is a good reminder uh, for you to remember that everything that we do and every decision we make we pray that it is only for the purpose of reaching people for Christ and teaching people to be like Christ and training people to serve Christ. And you know that in your part in our church, as you're both giving, as you're serving, as you're praying, uh, you can rest assured and be confident that your church is here to see lost people saved and to see saved people discipled and to see them trained up so that they would reach others and teach others also. And that's an exciting place to be. And we're grateful that God has chosen to do that, um, at least in part of what he's doing here in New Braunfels, here at Compass Bible Church. We have launched a brand new series entitled Joy to the World as we look at the first 18 verses of the Gospel of John. And this first sermon is in John 1, 1 through 5, and it's entitled In the Beginning. And I'll read that text there for you in John 1 starting in verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The preaching point this week for this sermon that encapsulates the meaning of John 1, 1 through 5 for us as a church is this. Grasping Jesus' divine identity and agency in creation is essential to understanding the magnitude of his incarnational mission to save his creation. And even this was parsed out into three teaching points. Point number one was that we need to unequivocally affirm the divine identity of Christ. There is a war going on in our world to diminish the divinity of Christ, and you don't have to have very many conversations with people to affirm even the fact that there is quite a stir when we talk about the full deity of Christ, that he is equal to God the Father and God the Spirit, but distinct from God the Father and God the Spirit. One, in essence, distinct in their personhoods. I mean, those truths, those Trinitarian truths are under fire, very much so in our culture. You can ask your neighbors. You can talk to many of the quote-unquote Christian cults out there who diminish the identity and the divinity of Christ, and you will recognize the need for us as a church that affirms all of Scripture and affirms who Christ is, that part of our responsibility as a whole church is to make sure that we unequivocally affirm the divine identity of Christ. Point number two, we need to attribute the universe's existence to the baby in the manger. And this is really a summation of verse three there in John 1, that all things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. I believe this point is such a powerful point, both in its doctrine and even devotionally, as we are in this time of year, you cannot walk very far at uh, Hobby Lobby or Michaels or Walmart or perhaps maybe Target or other places like that 
where you cannot walk too far without seeing a nativity scene. And what a wonderful opportunity it is for you devotionally to be reminded that that child, that baby that you see represented there in whatever medium, whether that's clay or stone or wood or even plastic, that that representative uh, of Christ as a uh, caricature in that nativity, you should look at that baby and attribute the universe's existence to what is that baby representing, that is God incarnate. I think that's a wonderful thing for you, even as you are uh, spending time with your family, your extended family, your friends coming this coming down, or you traveling this Christmas season to begin a conversation as you look at the nativity scenes around you and to say, did you know that the baby in that manger is the means in which the whole universe found its existence? What a wonderful way to start the gospel message, which is exactly the way that the Apostle John starts the gospel message, which is the way that we ought to start any gospel presentation, that God created the universe and his active agent in creation was none other than Jesus, the Son of God, the second person in the triune Godhead. Point number three, we need to look to Christ as the remedy to our world's dilemma. And what I love about point number three is it's broad in its scope and it's necessary in its uh, ubiquity, that is, that, that our dilemma is the world's dilemma. On one hand, it's a personal dilemma. It's a dilemma that you have. It's a dilemma that I have. This dilemma is our separation from God the Father. And that separation stems from the darkness that we have lived in, that we have both inherited, and that we both are active agents in ourselves but that dilemma, it, it expands not just personally, but corporately. All the people, the nations. But it isn't just a corporate dilemma. It's also a universal dilemma. The world's problem. All of creation. Which also brings it to the dilemma in its macro scope, which is it's a cosmic dilemma. It's a dilemma for those things that are seen and unseen. The rulers, the powers, the dominions, the authorities. Um, even the angels and the demons themselves, this is a dilemma, the dilemma of darkness, and the remedy, also in its efficacy and its potency, is broad. Although in its personhood, the remedy is very narrow, the efficacy of this person brings a, what is known as eschatologically, this cosmic redemption that we are going to see unfold through the return of Christ and his rule and his reign. And so with that, I think that's the beauty of point number three. If we look to Christ as the remedy to our world's dilemma, he is the remedy to our personal dilemma, our corporate dilemma, our universal dilemma, our cosmic dilemma. Christ is the answer. He's the remedy to all of these things. And we ought to remember that. All those things that we find problematic, our relational strife, comes because of what? Our desires are at war with one another, as James says. And Christ has come to deal with sin once and for all, and he is coming back a second time, Scripture says, not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly awaiting him. We see even sin's uh, decay on the flesh and on the body. as We think of the maladies and the infirmities and the disease and the pestilence that we see all over the world. Even when we look at Genesis 3, that it promises uh, to Adam as he's working the ground that the ground is going to produce 
thorns and thistles. Quite a dilemma that everything that we do is going to produce something contrary to our desire. That is a dilemma that Christ has come to remedy. And so for us, when we look at number three, point number three, it should give us great confidence that Christ has come to deal with all of the problems that we see ourselves dealing with. And if not in this very moment, that in its eschatological truth, Christ has come to deal with all of the problems that we face, to make all the bad things good, all the wrong things right, and all the dark things are going to be brought to the light. What a wonderful truth that we have as a church to hang on to Christ as our remedy, which is why I spent a little bit of time at the end of the sermon talking about how Christ is the answer to our problem with justification, that we need to be justified. We need to be declared righteous because we are even at birth declared sinners, and we need to be judicially, forensically justified, and that can only happen when God declares a sinner righteous through their faith in Christ. And who's, our, who's the answer to that? Christ himself. And he's the answer to the problem of, ju- of sanctification, that we, if we're really being honest with ourselves, see such a need for spiritual growth in our lives. We see that we are often the problem in our own lives. We're often the problem when it comes to relationships with others. We think wrongly. We have lustful thoughts. We have angry thoughts. We have thoughts where we prioritize ourselves over other people. We aren't very disciplined people. We're very emotional people. And our affections are often drawn to things that are not godly and good. And we understand that Jesus, as he has come to be our substitute, has also promised us that he would not leave us here alone, but as we trust in him, he would then, through empowering us with the Holy Spirit, take us on a lifelong process in which he would progressively make us holy in our actions, our thoughts, our emotions, and our affections. And then thirdly, all of those things that are still part of the sin nature that we have both inherited and we deal with every day, we are looking forward to a time in history future called the glorification of the saints. And that is a time when God's going to remove all sin from the believer at Christ's return. And the believer is resurrected in a glorified body, and we're going to have unfettered access to God in holiness and splendor. And all those infirmities and all those maladies and all of those affections that that have been at war within us and all of the emotions and all of the thoughts are going to be turned to Christ immediately and eternally. And we're going to enjoy perfect relationship with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. And our lives are going to be perfected in Christ, the remedy to our problem. I hope that was helpful for you, and I hope that was encouraging for you as you listen to the truth that we see in John 1, 1 through 5. I hope you take plenty of time for your application questions. There are some dense questions in there, dense in the sense that they would take some time to think about and to really work through. So I hope it isn't a last-minute homework assignment for you to finish these questions, but I hope it is part of your daily devotional time to dig deep into some of these questions and to truly apply them to your life. All right, church, a couple of announcements to give you. This uh, week is the last week of life groups uh, for this year. We're going to be off the week of December 18th, the week of December 25th, and the week of January 1st. So we will not be gathering again in life groups, at least as our church calendar suggests, until the second week in January. That doesn't mean that your church or your life group will not have fellowships. I hope you do. Our group is having a fellowship on the week of December 18th. So we encourage you, hang out, spend time, fellowship, gather all the more as we see the day drawing near. But as our church calendar states, 
We will not be having life groups those three weeks. That means our church uh, will not be hosting those on Wednesday nights, nor will we be having Adventure Club or students. So keep that in mind as you are scheduling the next few weeks of your life and your fellowship with your church family. We still have plenty going on here at Christmas at Compass, and we want to celebrate all that God has been doing here. Did you know that we had over 700 souls here at our Christmas celebration on Sunday? I mean, what a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful blessing that God had stewarded us and gave us that many souls to attend to, to serve, and to hear the gospel message. Uh, That number is second only to our Easter attendance, and so what a beautiful, wonderful thing that we had so many new people at our church that we could help get connected, and we just pray that God will continue growing our church and uh, continue seeing lost people saved and saved people discipled and equipped for life and for ministry. This next Sunday, we have our kids' Christmas choir at both the 9 and 11 a.m. services. Our children are going to be up on stage and out of the mouth of babes. We're going to hear praises prepared for the Lord. What a wonderful truth that we see in Scripture. We also have our Christmas Eve services coming up the very next Sunday. We are having normal services at 9 and 11 a.m. We're going to have Compass Kids, just like we always do every single week. Nothing is changing. Uh, We just want to remind you that Christmas Eve service is on a Sunday this year, as Christmas Eve is on the 24th. We're going to be having normal services at 9 and 11 a.m. One last reminder, if you have not signed up for the Serve Team Celebration, it is time for you to do that. Monday night, December 18th, starting at 6 p.m., we are gathering at the Civic Center downtown for all of those who have served with us this year at Compass. We currently have 250 people registered for this, and we're going to have a blast, and we don't want you to miss it if you served with us because what we want to do is celebrate how God has used so many souls at our church to provide excellence and to provide wonderful praise to our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. So join us. If you have not registered, it's not too late. We'd love for you to join us for our Serve Team celebration. Two more announcements. Our Next Step project is well underway. You can find out more about our Next Steps project there on the front of our website at compasshillcountry.org. Either the banner at the top or you scroll down just a little bit and be right there on the right side of your screen. You can click that, find out more about the Next Step project as we are looking to make sure that we can remodel the West Warehouse, what we affectionately call the Pavilion, uh, to a place and to a state where we can host 24-7 ministry in there. So that means we need to climate control it. We need to create uh, a space and an environment in there that is both safe, hospitable, inviting, and warm for our kids, for our students, for our family ministries that we have going on. And there's so much more that that space is going to provide. But just to give you a little bit of a, a vision of what we're going to do in there, you can find out more about that online. You can pray as you also see uh, the great needs that our church has in expanding and growing our square footage to uh, take care and be good stewards of what God has given us, both in our space and in the many people and souls that God is bringing here to Compass Bible Church. You can give to the Next Steps Project in all the ways that you normally give. We ask and impress upon you the need to ensure that you are giving over and above your regular giving. That simply means this, that don't stop giving the way that you're giving to our church's general fund, because just like you in your own home, you need to make sure before you take a loan out on a car or before you do your own remodels at home, that you are making sure you're taking care of all the bills that you have each week and each month. We want to make sure we do the same thing as a church. And so we want to make sure we're paying the bills and we're making sure we're meeting budget. And so any giving that you do, make sure it is over and above the 
normal giving that you do to our church, and maybe you're somebody who you're just hearing about this and you haven't been giving to our church, we want to encourage you, start giving. It's part of the Christian faith that we would be generous people and we'd be giving to the ministry and the mission of God, and that is in part by planning good churches and having good churches to facilitate ministry in the local community. So we encourage you that you can find out more about giving and praying by going to compasshillcountry.org slash next steps project. All right, church, the final announcement for you is that we have our baptism service coming up January the 14th. And so if you have never been baptized and you're saved, or maybe you were baptized before you were saved, then you were saved and you need to be baptized and put those in the right order. Or perhaps you were saved a long time ago and just never followed through in the believer's first obedience as scripture sees it. We want to encourage you to sign up for our baptisms on January the 14th. We'd love to meet with you as pastors and counsel you through your testimony, help you, equip you to take that testimony with you for the rest of your life to be able to help people understand what it means to be saved, what it looks like in real time for Christ to take someone from death to life, to transfer them from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's beloved son. With that, life groups, members of Compass, those who listen to this podcast this time of year, as I think about my thankfulness of all that God's doing, I can't help but think of you and how God has brought you into our church family. And we thank you, and I thank you, for your part in our church family. I love you guys. I care greatly for you. And I'm just praying that God would grow you. I'm praying that God would give you such abundant joy as you remember Christ incarnate this Christmas season. I'll see you next week.